Nobody has more respect for women than I do. Nobody. Hillary Clinton wants to abolish it, believe me. She wants to abolish our Second Amendment. I think they didn't deny it. I don't think anybody denied it. Other presidents did not call. They'd write letters, and some presidents didn't do anything. Many people have come out and said, I'm right. You really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? Hello and welcome to Fallacious Trump, the podcast where we use the insane ramblings of a stochastic terrorist to explain logical fallacies. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm your other host, Mark. I've returned from the States where I didn't get the job. (laughs) No, no, I'm back. And thanks to Chris for uh, sitting in last week. It's brilliant. Last time. A logical fallacy is an error in reasoning that results in bad or invalid arguments. And the logical fallacy we're looking at this week is the argument by gibberish, also known as bafflement and argument by jargon. So the argument by gibberish, you might feel like is, a, is an appropriate one for Trump. And yeah. as examples, normally I'd present a few examples here. I am going to, but I also refer you to 57 other episodes of a little podcast called Fallacious Trump. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're all um, pretty much yeah. that. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah so, nicely pointed out. Yeah, I hadn't actually <laughs> thought of it in those terms. But it, when you kind of investigate this stuff and you go, well, yeah, every uh-huh. answer given by every politician is pretty much this, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. this is an attempt to uh, make a point or explain or answer a question without answering it by instead just talking nonsense or <laughs> using jargon. Uh, that that you hope people aren't going to ask about in most cases. But for the most part, Trump doesn't use the jargon. He mostly just says something nonsensical and pretends it's an answer. So for our first example, we've got when he appeared on Dr. Oz's show in 2016, before the election, he was asked, uh, what's your plan for replacing Obamacare? We have to come up and we can come up with many different plans. In fact, plans that you don't even know about will be devised because we're going to come up with plans, health care plans, that will be so good and so much less expensive, both for the country and for the people, and so much better. With Obamacare, uh, the deductible, I don't know if you've seen what's going on with the deductible. The deductible's so high that unless you die a really vicious, horrible, catastrophic death, and it lasts a long time, you're not going to get to use it, because it's, it's crazy. What You know, the, it's so high to get. It's such a high barrier. We have to come up with a plan a private plan other than for those that can't do that, we have to help them too. <laughs> that's so, clear then. Yeah. That's, so yeah. basically, if someone gives an answer and your response is, huh? Yeah. Then it's probably an argument by gibberish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like that when it goes, we've got plans and we will come up with plans, plans you, you don't even, you, you haven't even heard of. Well, uh-huh. no, we haven't. We haven't heard any of them because we haven't come up with pretty them much yet. how coming up with stuff works. Yeah, <laughs> it's usually yeah, yeah. something that hasn't you know, yet been come up with. Kind of something in the word plan and planning. Yeah, what uh-huh. are you planning to do? Have you done it? Can you show me no? Because we haven't <laughs> done it yet. Because it's a plan. Yeah, yeah. we're planning. And of course, he is still promising a plan uh, even oh, yeah. now. Yeah, um, he pl- he yep. promised one by the end of August. That we're into we're into September now. So uh, yeah, well, he didn't well, and, obviously and, and, have a plan. Yeah, no. And uh, well, what he did do was kind of enhance Obama's one by announcing an executive order to protect people that were already protected in law. Yeah, absolutely. That's part of his plan is to remantle the opposite of dismantle uh-huh. Obamacare. <laughs> is I'm a shore up steel man it. Yeah. And why does he steel think man. that 
you have to like a the worst kind of death you have costs yeah, yeah. more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you've got to have that in order to be able to use uh-huh. it. So he's Otherwise, trying. Yeah, you know, no he's point. doing that. He's doing the little bit, introducing a bit of early stand up. <laughs> you know, it's kind of going. You've got to die before you can. You've got to die before you can get the payout. You know, it's that. Yeah, they go. Oh yeah, that's what kind of a, what kind of a system is this? Yeah, uh, yeah. So that was that was back in 2016. But he's still doing this amazingly. Yeah. Um, and this was from last month. He was asked by a reporter what he thought of Biden's economic plan. He plagiarized from me, but he can never pull it off. He likes plagiarizing. Uh, it's a plan that uh, is very radical left, but he said the right things because he's copying what I've done. But the difference is he can't do it. And he knows he's not doing that. Can't be the same because he's raising taxes way too much. He's raising everybody's taxes. He's also putting tremendous amounts of regulations back on. And those two things are two primary reasons that I created the greatest economy we've ever had. And now we're creating it again. Okay? Okay. Yeah. Again. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yep. so Biden's plan is is so far radical left and also somehow copied from Trump. Yeah. Um, but there also yeah. he can't do the things that Trump has done because he wants to raise taxes. But the he's saying the right things because he's just doing he's trying to do what Trump has done. I mean, right. it's just it's complete nonsense. Yeah. Yeah, so the, he's copied it from him, yet he's raising taxes. Uh, and, and putting regulations back on. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, so in what respect is he copying Trump? He's just talking yeah. about it, just bigging it up <laughs> in the way that Trump does. It's a bit like the uh, that other example that we had when he was asked, what is your plan should you get into office again? Uh-huh. And that was another, huh? Yeah. Yeah. What? Well, you know, experience is a good word. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. Okay. Yeah. And now is the time, I think, for Mark's British politics corner. I really like Chris's um, one last time when he talked about, he said, actually, my thing is Brexit. The whole concept of Brexit, the whole of the last four years of politics in the UK is a politician's art. I thought, bloody hell, why have I not spotted that? <laughs> He's kind of, it's a proper bird's eye view of the whole thing. Uh, yeah, that was just, no, it's great. Good, good work. And um, it could have just played a million clips. So yeah. I'm going to do that instead. So <laughs> it's my, so my first reaction when Jim said, let's do gibberish was to turn to the UK's least prepared, most looking like your ex's younger brother, who's a trainee estate agent, the Tory Health Secretary, Matt Hancock. And sure enough, if you want gibberish, go to him, answering any question at all, really. So there's the statement bits that he makes, which are fairly self-contained, not too gibberishy. But then it's quite panicky, some... though. He has a, yeah. he has an air of panic around him any time he's speaking. Yeah, yeah. Because I think it's he's thinking someone's going to ask me a question, and I really won't be able to come up with an answer that just sustains sense of sensibleness, <laughs> sensibility from one end of the sentence to the next. So uh-huh. he's yeah. And and also, I must admit, I've been on holiday, and for a little while at least, I wanted to pretend that Boris Johnson was still on holiday so that I didn't have to watch Prime Minister's questions 
but then I did. And I discovered, actually, he thought he was still on holiday as well and relied on every trick in the book to hide the fact that he'd forgotten he was prime minister and therefore ought to have done some homework before going back to school. And, yeah, he didn't do it at Eton, and he didn't do it now. So let's go back to the heady days of April when our COVID track and trace testing system was yet to be rolled out into the world-beating, sleek, seamless system that it is today. Yeah, no, no. So on April the 1st, I think it was properly enough, April Fool's Day, Alex Wickham, editor of Politico London Playbook, tweeted, an internal government briefing note this morning says the UK government's line is that it is not testing like Germany because... The UK has carried out a significant number of tests and we've done very well in the containment phase. We've had a very clear plan to move from containment to delay. When the WHO talks about testing, it's addressing the global system. Not all countries have the same infrastructure as the UK and there are countries that the WHO needs to press on testing. We are united in wanting to push forward and do more. That's the briefing note for all government ministers who are asked why the UK is not testing like Germany. So that's another huh, kind of thing, <laughs> particularly since one of the countries being pressed on testing is the UK. Because the WHO Director General, who's got a fabulous name, Dr. Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus, possibly, let's call him Ted, said on the 14th of March in response to the British government's then herd immunity policy, you can't fight the virus if you don't know where it is. Find, isolate, test and treat every case to break the chains of transmission. Every case. That's why you've got to be alert. You've yeah, got to watch out. Exactly. You've got to watch out yeah. for it because every case, case you find, you've got to find. <laughs> it, and it's, it means it won't expand. Yeah. So it wasn't true that the UK wasn't one of the countries, you know, and it's a bit like... Trump saying we're ahead of the world, you know, the, the, when the WHO talks about testing, it's addressing the global system. The implication being that the UK is not in the globe. Yeah, maybe. Um, so anyway, on the 3rd of April, after that tweet, to, after the briefing, here's Matt Hancock actually voicing that gibberish. Well, we've got one of the biggest testing programmes in Europe, but there are places like Germany where they have been able to to do more tests because they started with a huge diagnostics industry which is just not the thing that we've we've had traditionally as a country they've been the European center of diagnostics started with over 100 labs in Germany but none of that takes away from the absolutely accurate point which is that we want more testing huh <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so basically saying Germany's done more testing because they've more diagnostics tradition, a tradition of diagnostics. So I, I kind of thought, well, maybe we don't have that tradition. Maybe he's right, you, you know, as you do, naively. But <laughs> um, biofarmguy.com lists 702 UK companies from A through to Z traditionally involved in clinical diagnosis and pharmaceutical development. For instance, GlaxoSmithKline. GlaxoSmithKline is a merger of GlaxoWelcome and SmithKline and Beecham. Glaxo was formed in New Zealand, SmithKline in Philadelphia, but Beecham was founded in the UK in 1848. Welcome was founded in London in 1880. So not much tradition there. 
and many of the companies listed are in Oxford and Cambridge, which may be to do with the fact that medicine's been taught at Oxford and Cambridge since mm, the 16th century. Yeah, so, you know, Germany. <laughs> yeah, they got a long, long tradition of diagnosis. Uh-huh. But anyway, so, it, yes, as Matt Hancock says, um, it doesn't take away from the fact we need to do more testing. And good news, they're going to do some by the end of April. And Fiona Bruce asks on Newsnight for some clarification. There was a talk of 25,000 by the end of the month and 100,000 by the end of the month. Which 100,000 100, by the end of the month. And uh, that's to test if people have coronavirus, have coronavirus. at the moment. The, the goal was 25,000. Um, and by having a pulling together a national effort, I think we can get to 100,000. To test people if they have coronavirus, not if they've had it, but if they actually have it at the time of taking the test. It's 100,000 tests overall. As you say, there are two different types oh, of so tests. so it's 100,000 for both types of tests? Uh, for, exactly, on all the different strands of testing policy. We, we have five different strands. I won't go through the details of it, but you're right that essentially there are, there are two types. There's either... The test, the swab test to see if you've got it, or a blood test to see if you have had it. By the end of this month, we are going to have 100,000 tests per day. That is what we need to do as a country. To test if people have got coronavirus mm-hmm. and if they have had it. The whole, the whole lot. Both types of tests. Mm-hmm. There you go. So, uh, there's, oh, don't know, there's moving goalposts, there's argument from numbers, there's just basic gibberish. Then he won't be, it's also trying to thumbtack jelly to the wall. In, you know, Fiona Bruce is going, right, will you just say out loud <laughs> that the testing is of people who've got it or people who have had it? Were they even doing antibody tests at that point? No. To test whether people had had it. No, they weren't. No. 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 And, yeah. uh, and just as well, because they didn't hit the goal, and actually yeah. the 100,000 that we've had in a previous episode, we, I think we alluded to it when he laughed in the face of an interviewer, because um, it included numbers of testing kits being sent out and not tests actually done. Yeah. And, yeah. So, uh, but anyway, uh, and also he... He doesn't actually say the things. He just goes, uh-huh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it isn't exactly because the, the the goalpost moves, some more gibberish comes out. Yes, there are two things. There are five things. And we're going to test both of those, both of those five. <laughs> and yeah. Um, so, but in case you're not clear, there is a little bit of a caveat that he adds at the end. But the, um, the science isn't yet developed sure. enough for those tests to be, uh, in large scale, good enough uh, to be, not to give false results, which is worse than having no test at all because it gives false comfort. So we're going we're gonna to do it, but there's really no point in doing it. Yeah, <laughs> and then he reassures, and then he kind of, he says, you know, uh, uh, the science doesn't work because it could give you negative results, which is much, much worse. <laughs> okay, so why are you saying that we go? Yeah, absolute bloody gibberish. Still, um, at least these days, the government's talking about the aspiration of achieving sufficient testing being a moonshot, Operation Moonshot, <laughs> to get 10 million, I think they're talking about, on a regular basis in order to prevent lockdown. I mean, as of today... 
Matt Hancock was talking about, because we've had a, a, a jump in cases in the yep. UK. So he's now talking about changing the, the kind of criteria for who can get a test. Mm. Having symptoms may not be enough. So that yeah. they have yeah. te- I don't understand that really. So that they have tests for the people who need tests, which yeah. you would have thought are the people who have symptoms. Yeah, uh, or or the people that, or, or actually given the fact that you could be asymptomatic for seven days mm. prior to, you know, you ought to be tested. If you think you've come in contact with somebody, you ought to be tested. Well, that's there the entire point of the test and trace thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you mentioned the test and trace. But today, Thursday the 10th of September in the House of Commons, uh, Matt Hancock, was ex- responding to Lucy Allen, who's a Conservative MP for Telford, who asked, OK, now we've implemented this test and trace system. Part of the tr- system is to book a test. Um, and she was saying that why on Tuesday evening, just gone, hundreds of cars, and she, she says, yes, literally hundreds of cars, descended on the testing site in Telford, which is like in the middle of the country in the UK, um, near where my parents-in-law live, um, as directed by the booking system. And tests quickly ran out. Roads were blocked. People who had travelled as far away from as Cornwall, which is in the bottom southwest corner of England, like four hours away from Telford, and yeah, it's like a like a short yeah. drive in the US, but, yeah. <laughs> but a significant yeah. drive in the UK. Yeah, exactly. It was most of the <laughs> there are very few reasons you'd go from Cornwall to Telford. Exactly. Yeah, you might go the other way because uh-huh. Cornwall's a lot Cornwall's pr- quite nice. prettier. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. You might want to go to the seat of the Industrial Revolution, but you know, in Telford, uh-huh. yeah. And they'd come from Stockport, which is further north, and they'd come from London, which is three hours away, and all those people were turned away because the tests had run out. And people in Telford couldn't get tests, and they were sent elsewhere. Ha- we have built this system um, at great pace. Uh, I didn't know about this uh, example in Telford, although I had heard of people telling me that there's been a, um, a lot of people directed um, to uh, Telford in this instance. Uh, I, in fact, I had a meeting on the problem of people being directed too far only uh, the, only on Tuesday evening, after being in this uh, in this uh, in this house, Madam Deputy Speaker, uh, and so it is something that uh, that the broad problem is something that we are absolutely looking at. And I will go and take away the particular example and find out exactly what glitch caused it. So he he didn't know about this example, though he had heard of people telling him. <laughs> That there had been a lot of people directed to Telford. In fact, I was in a meeting on the problem of being people being directed. Only on Tuesday evening, the whilst it was happening. Yeah. So people are. I. I mean, I immediately wondered why people were going from Cornwall to Telford, but it's because the government are telling them they have to go yeah. there to get a yeah, test. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jesus yeah, you Christ. You log onto the system. Wait two days and get it sent to your house. Well, yeah, quite. Yeah. <laughs> or just. Or just go to there's one in Enfield just down the road from me <laughs> you know, that, yeah which is hardly used no it's nuts isn't it it's so the, what so the the yeah the government is telling people who have probable symptoms or at least have possibly yeah. been exposed yeah. to travel long distance yeah 
uh, to stopping to off at motorway services. To. Yeah. Oh my All god. All that stuff. Yeah. Not unlike. Awesome. Um, Dominic Cummings. Yeah, yeah. Driving to Durham. Yeah. 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 Castle. I'm just wait for. There's a guy who does the man in the next room. Um, there's a series of oh, yeah, yeah. YouTube series. What's his name? Michael Spicer. Uh, Michael Spicer. Yeah, that's right. Who actually Mr. Michael got Spicer? Who got referenced in the House of Commons? You know, somebody was saying this is like a Michael Spicer thing, and basically what he does is edit speeches by Trump or his targets, Matt Hancock's his targets, Boris Johnson, and he's the guy doing a live briefing into the earpiece of Trump or Matt Hancock and then getting exasperated at the shit that comes out of their mouths. And that, that is just, you could just see him doing that. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, any day now. It is brilliant. And we, it's uh, like we, Sarah Cooper. Every time there's a, um, there's a, a well, some gibberish from Trump. Yeah. People yeah. are tweeting at Sarah Cooper, do another one of your videos, because she does these lip sync videos of Trump, and it's absolutely oh, brilliant. brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, we I think we were ahead of the curve on one Michael Spicer thing because we'd identified in my in this section had identified the bit about the not knowing how many cases were coming into the UK, okay. and then it cut then to he, the yeah, and it cut to listener. the guy. Maybe he's a listener, Michael. Michael. If you're a listener, <laughs> come on, come on the show. yeah, come on the show. That would be yeah. great. Yeah, let's get him on. Just or Sarah Cooper, on that if, you're, basis. if you're a listener, yeah. Yeah. We'd, we'd love to talk to either of you. So, yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. My phone's ringing right now. Yellow fluffy hairdos Tripped above your beady eyes Grab a pussy, miss, well, coronavirus useless Man, you've been a stupid boy, you let my blood work in You are a fallacy We see the fallacy It's in the world Goo-goo-ga-choop uh, The Beatles there with I and the Walrus the Excellent. zenith of absolute gibberish. <laughs> Perfect song for this. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Elementary penguin climbing up the Eiffel Tower, wasn't that exactly. one? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, in the fallacy in the wild, we like to talk about that fallacy of the week from a non-political perspective. And our first example this week comes from spies like us, uh, which if you're if you're, I don't know, a millennial or younger, you probably have never heard of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's a it's an excellent <laughs> film. With Chevy yeah. Chase uh, from the 80s, I want to say probably 84, 85. Mm. And this clip is of uh, Chevy Chase. Uh, he's a, being a spy, he's undercover, and he has to give a press conference about something he doesn't know about. What about the Paraguayan Army's request for spraying subsidies? Are there any Paraguayans here? No? <laughs> well, of course, uh, their request for subsidies was not a Paraguayan, as, in his, as it were. Uh, the United States government would never have if the president, our president, had not. And as far as I know, that's the way it'll always be. Is that clear? So 
<laughs> it's Brilliant. it's a great example of a press secretary's speech might be yeah. if they weren't expecting that question or if they hadn't been briefed for it, if they didn't have a big binder like Kayleigh McEnany has. But that's just full of lies anyway. Well, absolutely. But <laughs> yeah. she has to yeah. she has to flip to the page to get exactly the right lie to tell. Yeah, yeah. Circumstances, yeah. doesn't she? So. It takes, takes her an hour to yeah. finally appear when big things happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, because what that did was remind me uh, so I've snuck it in as example B. Um, Peter Sellers in 1958 did an album produced by George Martin, who went on to produce the Beatles, called Best of Sellers. And one of them, one of the tracks, is a party political speech. And here's a chunk from that. My friends, in the light of present day developments, let me say right away that I do not regard existing conditions lightly. On the contrary, I have always regarded them as subjects of the gravest responsibility and shall ever continue to do so. And, and so it goes on. Like nothing. Yeah, no substance whatsoever. Whatsoever, no. It's, just, it's all, all form and no content. Yeah. And the, the, uh, the depressing thing is... You can switch on Prime Minister's Question Time and get that that yeah. level of, you know, just vacuousness just delivered. Yeah, there's more braying in the background these days, <laughs> but yeah. But there is, a, there is a bit where somebody shouts, what about the workers? And he says, <laughs> what about the workers indeed, sir? And I think there's another one where they said, what about the prostitution bill? And he says, pay it, man, pay it. <laughs> So our next example is from an advert, and I I went a little bit nuts trying to find this advert because right. it's, it's for a toothpaste for smokers called Clinamin. Right. Yep. And, I mean, I just remembered this advert as soon as I thought, okay, what's a good advert with yeah. nonsense in it? Yeah. This was the one that came to mind, but apparently it hasn't been shown on British TV in like 20 years. Wow. So wow. I found it really it's difficult etched, to find an example. itself into your memory. <laughs> just go from that moment from uh-huh. then, 20 years ago when you went, huh? <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so this is a brief clip from that advert. Clinamin has polynam to gently remove stains without harsh abrasive action. Yeah, so yeah, clinamin has polynam, which says nothing at all, because you might no. as well just say clinamin uh, removes stains with, exactly. n- with no abrasive action. That's just a made-up name. Yeah, they've, they've, put, yeah. they've made up a thing, put it in clinamin and called it polynam, and then said, look, clinamin has polynam. Yeah, uh, which... So- it's pointing, <laughs> pointing to some other bit of nonsensical stuff uh-huh. to to explain the veracity of this first piece of nonsensical stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's a so, bit and, like the, and that um, happens in in like L'Oreal adverts, yes, and oil of Olay, say, and all kinds of different they things. Go, They've got yeah. And they go here comes the, here come the science bit where they yeah. they even say ah oh, right so here is our own truth that we've invented it's a bit like accelerated truth isn't it it's yeah. kind of we're here's the bit don't just take our word for it take our other word for it <laughs> you know? like, yeah kind of, you know, here it is i just got doesn't it have 
lipid lipizone no peptide peptides yeah. or something i don't know that's Some the thing i couldn't up. think of any specific nonsense yeah, yeah. from more recent adverts but um, <laughs> the weird yeah. thing is I was, and, and and in a weird link to spies like us where he was talking about paraguayans this clinamin also happens to be the name of a medicine that is only sold in paraguay and peru oh, and okay. <laughs> and so that was what came up that or um, adverts for the for the toothpaste, but only in like Scandinavian, because um, uh, right. and Turkish, because apparently wow. it's still sold there, but yeah. not here. And so, so this do advert, they say it in Turkish? Do they say? I, I don't know because I don't speak Turkish, Turkish, and I couldn't and find a Turk to translate for me in a short <laughs> <Okay>. notice. So, <laughs> so I had to go with this version, which was from yeah. 1993, and that that voice was Hugh Laurie from House doing the voiceover for was that. It ad- really, it was. Wow. Yeah. But doesn't the guy... So. Wow. Play it again. Clinamin has polynam to gently remove stains without harsh abrasive action. Oh, yeah. Well, now you say it's him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You, can, you can fit your ears around it. Wow, it really is him. <laughs> that. That is so good. And they, it could be... Because they were making Fry and Laurie at that point, weren't they? It could easily be... A bit of Fry and Laurie sketch, couldn't it? It was, it was almost... I, I kind of wish I'd played the whole advert now because Joanna Lumley from Absolutely Fabulous did the main voiceover for the advert and much like the L'Oreal bit where they go, you know, don't take our word for it, yeah. here's yeah, the science yeah. bit, they yeah. they cut to Hugh Laurie's voice just yeah. for this, you know, Clinamin has polynet. Oh, OK. Thing, yeah, as yeah. if he has more authority <laughs> yeah, in yeah. some way than Joanna Lumley. Well, yeah, that's kind of foreshadowing <laughs> of him being... Uh-huh. Uh, you know, a resident doctor. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, that's a- <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> but it represents, it's representative of all of the, the nonsense that, yeah. that mostly either pharmaceutical companies in the US or beauty companies, essentially cosmetics companies, put stuff in their stuff and call yeah. it by an impressive name and then well, claim that that helps you know something yes, about yeah, it. Yeah. So our final example in this section is from Billy Madison. And uh, this is the clip where Billy is asked on stage to explain or to, to kind of give a thesis, really, on how the Industrial Revolution impacted the modern novel and the reason i'm playing this really mostly is for the response that he gets yeah uh, which is what i think should be said by every reporter to trump every time he says anything the industrial revolution to me is just like a story i know called the puppy who lost his way the world was changing and the puppy was getting bigger so you see the puppy was like industry in that they were both lost in the woods and nobody especially the little boy society knew where to find them except that the puppy was a dog but the industry my friends that was a revolution Nip High Football Rules! Mr. Madison, what you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room 
is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> so I think if if the press just took an oath to say that <laughs> whenever yeah. Trump spoke, yeah, 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 I think the world would be a better place. <laughs> I quite like actually because it's very much a Trump-like speech because it's yeah. just ignorant mashing together of things he's heard in an attempt to sound a bit erudite and then he he trumps it uh, he tops it all off with a we rule yeah which is <laughs> yeah. you know yeah, USA USA yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so we're gonna we're gonna play fake news folks I love the game it's a great game I understand the game as well as anybody as well as anybody Yes, it's time for Fake News, the game where I read out three Trump quotes, two of which are real and one I made up, and Mark has to figure out which one is fake news. So I was uh, disappointed to hear last week that Chris didn't get it, but I I actually chose the wrong one too when I was listening <laughs> to it in the car. I was kind of going, oh, yeah, no, it's definitely one. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, well, there you uh, go. You can't box us both. Blame God it damn it. So, yeah. Excellent. No. You should get an extra point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'd just like, before we go on, I'd just like to point out that if we were to pay closer attention to the interpretation heretofore adopted by the original definers of mean, median, mode and range when applied to the distribution of correctness versus incorrectness across the sum of events elapsed, it should be patently obvious that the acceptable margin of error has been artificially manipulated in the favour of the question setter. Well, I can't not be absolutely unsure that you've got that wrong. So... Yeah, and oh my God, um, I yeah. have mercy on your side. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this week... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think the... It's going to be hard, isn't it? The, the theme this week yeah. is uh, is stuff you've almost certainly heard. <laughs> right, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, God, he just... I couldn't not use these, yeah. but they've been they've had such a lot of play... Well, that, you, I just I'd be surprised. Just hoping so, that in the in the deluge of stuff that's come out, I oh have no time God. to hear it all. So <laughs> the you know the three okay. of these might be, <laughs> might be those I've not heard. Okay. So, yeah, statement number one: the police are under siege because of things. They can do ten thousand great acts, which is what they do, and one bad apple or a choker, you know, a choker. They choke, shooting that guy in the back many times. I mean, couldn't you have done something different? Couldn't you have wrestled him? I know, I mean, in the meantime, he might have been going for a weapon and, you know, there's a whole big thing there. But they choke, just like in golf tournaments. They miss a three-foot putt. OK. Right. Uh-huh. What? Uh, OK. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Number two, right. he said, they have cans of soup. Soup. And they throw the cans of soup. That's better than a brick because you can't throw a brick. It's too heavy. But a can of soup, you can really put some power into that, right? And then when they get caught, they say, no, this is soup for my family. They're so innocent. This is soup for my family. It's incredible. And you have people coming over with bags of soup, big bags of soup. <laughs> and they lay it on the ground and the anarchists take it and they start throwing it at our cops, at our police. And if it hits you, that's worse than a brick, because that's got force. It's the perfect size. It's, like, made perfect. Uh -huh. What? Okay. Okay. And A bag of three. soup. bag of soup is just a brilliant <laughs> vision. Okay. Uh, I think that's the first time I haven't been able to get through one without laughing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> okay. 
Okay. Three. Yeah. Democrats are cheaters. They're cheating cheaters who cheat. And if they're going to cheat, we have to cheat too, or it's not fair. So you should vote more than once. Everybody vote for me twice. And that way I'll win. But it's not illegal because I'm the president and I'm telling you to do it. Vote by mail and then vote in person. They'll never know. Most of them are too stupid to figure it out, even if I say it on TV. So the the golf one, did he really liken it to golf? And the, um, Okay. They're just so, so completely implausible. I think you made them all up, all of them. Uh, no, okay. So I think the cheating cheaters who cheat, that sounds, yeah, that that could be a false flag because that's the kind of thing he would say because it's like the cut, 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 cut. Um, but the... The choking and the but yeah, see, I'm a bit like Chris with the well, would he really call them stupid? Um, yeah, he would, but they're all stupid. Uh, okay, I I think he I think he did say the soup one. I think he did do the golf one, but I also. <laughs> The cheating cheaters. Okay, no, I think number three is the one you made up. Okay, of the other two. Yeah. Of the other two awful, awful yeah. things. What, yeah. Which do you think you're more confident he said? Confident is probably the completely <laughs> the wrong verb. Well, have you heard I, him say any of them? <laughs> well, I think the soup one. Okay. R- rings more bells than than so. Uh, maybe number I two. It. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> number two, amazingly, yeah. Yeah. is is real. And they have cans of soup, soup, and they throw the cans of soup. That's better than a brick because you can't throw a brick; it's too heavy. But a can of soup, you can really put some power into that, right? Yes, sir. And then when they get caught, they say, "No, this is soup for my family." They're so innocent. This is soup for my family. Uh, it's incredible. And you have people coming over with bags of soup, big bags of soup, and they lay it on the ground and the anarchists take it and they start throwing it at our cops, at our police. And if it hits you, that's worse than a brick because it's got force. It's the perfect size. It's like made perfect. The hell? What? Yes. What? Because you can't throw a brick. You know, no. who could lift a brick? No, <laughs> quite. You know, you, you think they fit in your hand? Or anything? What are you, you crazy? I don't know. I mean, uh, maybe have you no have force. different They've bricks in the US. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have, I mean, yeah. is he thinking breeze blocks or something? Or Yeah, or uh, or the stones that the White House is made out of. <laughs> you know, things the size of a table, that kind of. Yeah. Yeah. A brick, we have bricks. They're reasonable size. They're not, they're like a, a slightly larger than the can of soup, I'd say. Yeah, pretty much. Kind of, you fairly can, good you for can, throwing. You can get your hand round. I believe it quite I've readily. seen American bricks, and they're similar. Right. So I've seen I've seen people throwing them to one another in on a building site in order to you know move them uh-huh. down the wall. So they're yep. not they don't they move you know fairly forcefully. They're not like they don't have any mass. So therefore, you, can, you can't apply you can force to them. You can <laughs> throw a brick. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, you learn so, nothing else from this and, episode. <laughs> you can, you shouldn't. Without no, but you can. Yeah, they do it have is, force, yeah. 
They do <laughs> have force. They do have mass. They're slightly bigger and less round than a can mm-hmm. of soup. Yeah. So are they? It, is there any truth in what he said at all? I Apart mean, from it's possible to throw a can of soup. That is true. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't seen any proof that people are throwing cans of soup. Um, I think we could just take. I mean, it's it possible. It's, you can throw a can of soup. Yeah. So it's not it's not outside the realms of possibility, and, and maybe he's given people ideas now, and now they're bringing soup. Yeah, yeah, but, because wasn't there was a phenomena in the early post George Floyd demonstrations when there were peaceful demonstrations by the Black Lives Matter movement, and I saw some footage of various you know elders in the movement saying to the kids, "They're putting bricks for us to throw. Don't." throw it don't fall for it don't yeah. do it you know so somewhere along the line the anti-antifa are putting bricks down in the middle of the road where i have you seen don't that normally find bricks. yes yeah. i've seen that claimed as well i don't know yeah. how whether that's true or yeah but i've seen that that you know, so uh, but i've not seen no. stacks of soup, soup cans no except like those pyramids that you see in at the, the supermarket openings yeah. of supermarkets yeah usually in mr bean films or something like yeah, that exactly. where someone's going to crash into them early on into it. yeah yeah or or in an andy yeah. warhol exhibition that's uh-huh. the only two yeah, places you can find those yeah perhaps that's what so, you're talking about you also yeah. think that number one is real and uh number one is real oh, um hell. it was he was being interviewed by laura ingram and uh, here it is. The police are under siege because of things. It, they can do 10,000 great acts, which is what they do, and one bad apple or a choker. You know, a choker. They choke. Shooting the guy in the back many times. I mean, couldn't you have done something different? Couldn't you have wrestled? You know, I mean, in the meantime, he might have been going for a weapon. And, you know, there's a whole big thing there. But they choke, just like... In a golf tournament, they miss a three-foot... You're not comparing it to golf because, of course, that's what the media will say. Yeah, and Laura Ingram jumps in at the end going, you're not comparing it to golf because, of course, that's what the media will say. He fucking is comparing it to golf. That's exactly what he's doing. That's just what he did. (laughs) Yeah, and how is that that any comparison at all? Yeah, because, you know, you're trying to line up a three-foot putt. And you accidentally yeah. shoot someone seven times in the back. Yeah, there you go. We've all yeah. done it. We've all <laughs> something about pushing something that's you know that's meant to go into a hole into a hole. Oh, yeah, they're making maybe the six following bullets went into the first bullet hole. I don't know. You know that what? So what? So that so these these broke me this week. Yeah, which and I yeah. I couldn't be crazy enough. I mean, <laughs> to top that. I tried yeah. to be crazy. I yeah. thought it was pretty crazy. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Maybe it was too crazy. I couldn't. Just it broke me. So <laughs> the so three is wrong, obviously, but scarily not that wrong. Not that no, really far away from stuff he told people in North Carolina. These people are playing. Dirty politics. Dirty politics. So if you have an absentee ballot, or as I call it, a solicited ballot, you send it in. But I would check it in any event. I would go and follow it and go vote. And everybody here wants to vote. We vote. So he told people three times in this specific 
uh, instance when he was talking to people in North Carolina on the tarmac. It was one of, one of his airplane air, airport yeah, rallies. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, he told people to vote by mail and then go and vote in person. Because they're playing dirty politics. And that isn't dirty politics. It's the other guys. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. He's, he's claiming that, you know, he's saying, you know, you should go and check that your vote's been counted. He doesn't seem to understand that in many cases they don't start counting the votes until the election has finished. Yep. There's reasons for that. Yeah, so you can't go to the to the place and find out that your vote has been counted and then decide not to vote. He's saying go there and vote. And then if they then receive your postal vote, they won't matter. Um, but obviously he's banking on some people that being able to vote twice in yep. that instance. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and he's he's done it he said it again today he said it and, and the government the, the like lawyers are saying don't say that don't tell yeah. people it's against the law not only to do it but to tell people to do it he's breaking federal laws by doing that when bill barr was interviewed on tv t- about it he said oh i don't know the you know the the state law about that first of all he fucking should he's the u.s attorney general exactly. but it's yeah. a federal law <laughs> yeah that yeah. he's breaking there so uh, yeah yeah don't so do the, that. So there's no state law. Is it, I don't. Well, know there is state a state law. law. It's, oh, right. both, it's both. It's against the, the yeah. St- yeah, it's both <laughs> yeah. against the law in North Carolina and uh, yeah. across America. Don't vote twice. Don't tell people to vote twice. Yeah, it's kind of it's against the law, kind of everywhere in the world. Yeah, I mean every the, democracy know, the of voting, really. Yeah, one man, one vote. That's yeah. the yeah. you know that's the plan. Yeah. Oh. So that was as crazy as I could make yeah. his version. <laughs> I was just having a thought there. Wouldn't it be great if Trump wins the popular vote, but not the electoral vote, the electoral oh, college yeah. vote? That would be cool. I mean, no, because yeah. that would mean a lot of people had voted for him. But oh, yeah. yes, in uh, a way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 in a way. And so the, But the thing is, if you vote by mail, you would have that sent to you and that would be, you would you wouldn't be on the register when you turned up. For no, the it's different. Election. You request you can request an absentee ballot and then decide not to vote absentee and go and vote in person. There's no right. There's no okay. restriction to that. Right. Um, but yes. You well, can't, that's interesting because I've can't done vote that. I vote in person. I posted vote voted postally posted votally. I voted postally last election here, mm-hmm. and. No, last but one, and then this time I went to the polling station and they said, we've got you down as a postal vote. No, it's uh, different in the earth. uh, I mean, it depends on the state because some states are almost entirely postal votes anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, Some of of which, um, like Florida, for instance, there's a lot of... Yeah, yeah, Utah, I think, is one that is... is, And a lot of Republican states, a lot of states that Trump wants to vote, yeah. yeah. No, there's you can any person uh, who lives in a, a state where you can request an absentee vote or a po- vote by mail can can get one and then not yep. use it. Right. So yeah, yeah. Mm. So basically, he's he's relying on doubling his votes by getting people to vote twice. Uh-huh. Vote early, vote often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and postal voting is already open in some states. So right from this point on, we're going to be talking about it. Vote. 
if you if you're in yeah. a state where you can request your ballot, request your ballot. If you are going to vote by mail, uh, or if you vote. are going to vote in person, make your plan as to how you're going to do that and and vote and yeah. vote for Biden because yeah, I mean because you're not idiots. Yeah, well, yeah, quite. And if you if you do vote for Trump, stop listening to this podcast. That's a, that's an order. I mean, you can still listen. Yeah, but you know we're not broadcasting to you. Yeah. We'll tell you to fuck off. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's time for the part of the episode that this week at least is called Losers and Suckers are Not a Logical Fallacy because just one of the horrific things Trump did (laughs) or, or that came out about Trump this week was the fact that he disparaged soldiers kind of again. Not really. It's not that surprising, but specifically in this case when he didn't go and visit the american cemetery in in france in yep. Ain Marne in 2018 uh he said why should i go to that cemetery it's filled with losers and yeah. blamed it on the helicopter not being able to fly in a in a light drizzle yeah um and nothing to when, do with his hair no or, or anything like that yeah, yeah. Or, all of the other world leaders made it even though it's an american cemetery commemorating american uh, battle yeah. at Bellow Wood in the in the um, rain in helicopters, yeah, yeah, and also it was revealed, and this was in a in an article in the Atlantic by Jeffrey Goldberg, who is the the editor of of the mm. Atlantic. So yeah. it's not like it's just a kind of freelance journalist. Yeah, it was revealed that he had stood with uh, John Kelly at his at John Kelly's son's grave, and said, "I don't get it. What was in it for them?" Kind of not understanding the. Well, any anything that doesn't gain you money, basically. Anything, yeah, yeah. Anything where yeah. you might risk something of yourself for another person or a group of people. Yeah. Because he just doesn't get it. Nope. And Goldberg said that a, a retired four-star general who was a friend of uh, John Kelly said he can't fathom the idea of doing something for someone other than himself. He just thinks that mm. anyone who does anything when there's no direct personal gain to be had is a sucker. There's yep. no money in serving the nation. Yeah, well, except as we we will doubtless find out, there's well, we know he's made a lot of money allegedly well, yeah. serving yeah. the nation. So he isn't. You're right. There's no money in serving the nation. In it, so when you have to make some kind of sacrifice, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when by making lots of money, we know that he hasn't served the nation, and that's that's been patently obvious since yeah. well, certainly since February. Yeah, of course he is denied saying any of that. Uh, he oh, said yeah. only an animal would say that kind of thing. Okay, let me just replay you that animal. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. brought out the big guns like Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who is well known for her honesty. Yeah, uh, to to say that that this never happened. John Kelly, who who was kind of like you know starring in one of these anecdotes, mm-hmm. has declined to comment. So he is not confirmed nor denied. Uh, that this happened. I don't think anyone and, denied it. Yeah, yeah, and of course it's been it's been confirmed by multiple sources. That Goldberg said he had uh, four sources, one of whom was a retired four-star general. The AP, the New York Times, the Washington Post, and Fox News have all confirmed these comments with sources wow. of their own. Wow. Um, yeah, <laughs> Jennifer Griffin, who is a, a actually a really good reporter. Um, for Fox News, mm. she confirmed it, and was obviously 
kind of jumped on by other Fox News people and yeah. and by Trump, who kind of demanded she be fired, basically, for doing her job and and finding stuff out. Finding stuff out and look, looking up the truth of things. Yeah. 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 But right. it's not surprising. It's not... This isn't kind of, you know, out of character. No. In well, any way. Yes, exactly. Well, given what he said about uh, John McCann... Absolutely. Um, you know, he's not a hero because he got captured. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yep. so it's just... And and that he got, you know, out... He, he didn't have to serve in the military because there was what was in it for him. So yep. what was in it for him was getting his dad to pay off the guy to say he's got legs like Foghorn Leghorn. Yeah. And Bob Woodward's new book, Rage, uh, mentions a time when Trump said, my fucking generals are a bunch of pussies. And yep. so that kind of feeds into this this yep. type of thinking. Yeah, uh, We know that he told the wife of fallen soldier, LaDavid Johnson, he knew what he signed up for. Oh, yeah, yeah. George White, Trump's superior at the New York Military Academy said those remarks didn't surprise me in my dealings with him. He was a heartless, obnoxious son of a bitch. Hey! So <laughs> people who know him yep. know that, yeah, he always said, said these yeah. things. Yep. We had, there's a, a long, um, a long list of, of examples of him saying this kind of thing in public, or, you know, in front of cameras he knows are on. And it's, it's not surprising. Yeah. It's one of those things where a lot of people have all of a sudden after three years gone, ooh, maybe this could be the thing that brings him down. Mm, mm. Of course it's not going to. No. <laughs> no, because this is just another in a long list. Yeah. It's like things. playing that, um, the the fruit thing where you have to chop the fruit with a uh, samurai fruit sword. Fruit ninja. Yeah. Yeah. You have to do, there's just another bunch of stuff coming at you. Uh-huh. And yeah. actually I was reading something about this kind of psychological defense mechanism that we have, uh, which gives more credence to m- the most recent things mm. than which, because it means you haven't got to remember absolutely everything. Recency you, bias. There you go. Yeah. 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 And Trump just, well, whether he knows it, or just does it um, because he knows it. He, you know, it's just an endless barrage, a gish gallop of shit coming at you. So much so yeah. that you can't process the previous one before the next one comes. And it's absolutely, bit, and yeah. it, and I mean, it's true all the time. But as you'll find out from this week's headlines, um, <laughs> it's been particularly true over the last couple of weeks. It's uh, you, I mean. How far back now does Lafayette Square seem yeah, yeah. when he tear-gassed American protesters, you know, yep. peaceful protesters, to, to move them out of the way so he could go and hold up a Bible he doesn't read in front of a church he doesn't go to? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, any normal presidency, that would still be in the headlines and it would be the thing that people were debating whether to remove him as a president for. Yeah. But it's it just gets added on to the list. It just, yep. you know... It's once there's an enormous pile of stuff, adding more stuff to the pile doesn't make much of a difference. Yeah, exactly. And you kind of think it, it in UK politics, it feels more of a deliberate thing to uh, cover up the last political U-turn 
by creating another crisis, you know, by distracting people from the last debacle by having a new one, you know, or 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 hiding bad stuff under a debacle. So they yeah, and there have been times during the Trump presidency when. People have said that, you know, Mm. a a new scandal has come out and he's like, people have said, well, you know, this is notice we're not talking about the last thing now because we've started talking about this and that was the plan. So it almost, it almost, the speed at which new things are coming out now. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think that's possible. It's not planned. Uh, No. It's just, I mean, to some extent, people are rushing to get stuff out before the election, I think, now, as people are saying, okay, now is the time we need to actually say what we know. Yeah. Because there's not going to be a, you know, after November, it doesn't matter anymore. There's a sense that people are trying to distance themselves from within the camp. You know, are, are all these messages coming out with the drowning rats that are all leaving the, um, the you know, the, the sinking ship? They're all coming yeah. leaping I mean, off and going, nothing to do with me, it's all him. Yeah, you get that feeling sometimes. I mean, Tucker mm. Carlson responded to the um, the Woodward book, that we will talk about in a bit Um, with because Trump sat down for 18 interviews or he did 18 interviews with Bob Woodward over the phone. Um, Tucker Carlson is claiming that Lindsey Graham convinced him to do the interviews. And that must be because Lindsey Graham is is anti-Trump and wants Trump to fail because, you know, make getting him to, to talk to someone is inevitably going to lead him to say stupid stuff. Things, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's quite a brilliant plan to get him to talk to a reporter. Like, and then after he did it once, he did it seventeen more times because he's just yeah. that stupid. Yeah. So, yeah, make something yeah. of that QAnon <laughs> seventeen times. Yeah, yeah. seventeen that additional times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. What I would say is, unfortunately. I don't get that feeling nearly as much as I would like because mm-hmm. to have that feeling, people need to be speaking out about him. People need to be saying, I don't think this is good. And not enough Republicans are doing that. Yeah, yeah. It would be lovely to see more Republicans occasionally say, uh, this this is too much, I can't support him, I cannot you know, stand up and, and yeah. Yeah. call myself a Trump Republican anymore, He's he's crossed the line. Whatever that line is, it would be lovely if there was one. And finally, some things we really don't have time to talk about. The right-wing blogosphere really thought they'd spotted a fact that supported their worldview last week, but of course they were just misunderstanding how numbers and various other things work. Conservative self-proclaimed comedian Amiri King noticed that in one of the CDC's weekly updates, they mentioned that for 6% of US COVID deaths, COVID was the only listed cause of death. King immediately decided that this meant the CDC were admitting that they'd got the death count wrong by 94%, because he's a fucking idiot. Other fucking idiots, like tiny-faced community college dropout Charlie Kirk amplified the story. It spread through the QAnon community like some kind of highly transmissible virus and Trump retweeted one of their posts. Of course, what they all failed to realise quite spectacularly was that the CDC are saying that around 12,000 people who were otherwise completely healthy and had none of the known risk factors have still been killed by this disease. OK, I ended that one on a bit of a downer. Mark, what have you got to cheer us up? Hooray! Our favourite Trump-licking fuckwits, Jacob Wall and Jack Berkman, who are, I suspect, a bit miffed at not having ever been noticed by the Donald once ever, even less chance now QAnon exists, and seemingly ignorant of the likelihood that when Don goes, all go. 
are up to their usual fuckwittery. This time they're sending robocalls warning black voters that mail-in votes mean their details will be used to track old convictions, trace credit card debts and force people into vaccine programmes. All complete dog-whistle bullshit, of course. And Michigan Attorney General Donna Nasal says they are working hard to find the bad actors behind this effort. Well, it won't be too hard because checking the number where the calls come from, yep, registered to John Berkman and his lobbying firm's address. Of course, they denied it. Nobody said they didn't deny it by using the old if we wear dark glasses, you won't know it's us and we'll be invisible ostrich technique, which, given that the call itself says, this is from Project 1599, the civil rights organisation founded by Jack Berkman and Jacob Wall, works as well as you might think in the hands of two evil geniuses. Well, let's hope Biden gives them a job or they'll have nothing to do come November. (laughs) They're like burglars who drop their their wallet at the scene of the crime, exactly, aren't they? It's yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, or le- and leave their forwarding address, or uh-huh. go back and go. Sorry, I left the <laughs> the Jimmy in the in uh-huh. the, the greenhouse. Can you forward it? <laughs> yeah, and then they go. No, it wasn't us. Yeah. The Trump campaign raised an impressive $1.1 billion from the beginning of 2019 through to July, and even more impressively, have already blown over $800 million, leading to cancelled TV ads in battleground states and concerns that they may run out of money before the election. Among the ways they've wasted money are spending over a million dollars on TV ads in DC, where Trump has no chance at all of winning, but where he will at least see the ads himself during all the TV he watches, $60 million spent on Trump's legal bills, almost $2.5 million in expenses that have gone directly to the Trump organisation through events at his properties and undisclosed millions which were routed through three LLCs controlled by Brad Pascal, which included paychecks to Lara Trump and Kimberly Guilfoyle. Maybe it wasn't the best idea to leave all that money in the control of a guy who's bankrupted six businesses. Meanwhile... In August alone, the Biden campaign raised a record-breaking $364 million in donations. Yay! They'll run out of money. Brilliant. <laughs> Speaking of which, so what do you do if the dictator's club you're prospecting for demands a military drive-by in honour of the dear leader, but your budget won't stretch to it? Of course, you endorse people making statements by patriotically adorning their flotilla of tiny vessels. Saturdays are for boat parades, tweeted the Trump War Room account. Yes, it is called that. And the boats on Lake Travis in Texas went right ahead and paraded on the 5th of September. Though very quickly, given the lovely positive interference of ways we learned about in studying physics at school, the Travis County Sheriff's Office responded to multiple calls involving boats in distress, tweeting, several boats did sink. Brilliantly, conspiracy theories in all seriousness popped up, saying the likelihood of all these boats sinking at Trump boat parade by accident is microscopic. We are dealing with terrorists with even more brilliant counters saying, yeah, invisible missiles from Antifa planes did it, with a superb hashtag, Dumb Kirk, trending. (laughs) There's no excuse, really. A, we know that the Trump administration is capsizing fast. Two, it also happened at a Trump boat parade in Oregon last month. And C, even the Bible talks about boats and water and such, doesn't it? You God-fearing Texan Testament thumpers, huh? It's there, right at the beginning, people. Genesis chapters 6 through 9. See it? Right there, next to your inflatable MAGA vest. (laughs) 
The Financial Times did a brilliant uh, article about this where they explained exactly why the the kinds of boats that Trump voters buy and the speed that the parade was going were exactly wrong and and kind of inevitably would lead to exactly this kind brilliant. of thing. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, big wakes. Yeah, yeah. If sometimes it feels like there's a new tell-all book about the Trump presidency every few days, maybe that's because over the past couple of weeks there's been a new fucking tell-all book about the Trump presidency every few days. We started with Michael Schmidt's Donald Trump versus the United States, which revealed that Trump's sudden and unannounced trip to Walter Reed in November was serious enough that Mike Pence was told to be on standby in case he had to assume the powers of the presidency. Trump denied this in a tweet, saying the trip was to complete my yearly physical. Which is odd, because in November he said it was to start his yearly physical. Next was Stephanie Winton Wolkoff's Melania and Me, which contained lots of stories about how Melania really doesn't care, especially about immigrants and Ivanka. And Wolkoff has the tapes to prove it. Melania's chief of staff, Stephanie Grisham, said anybody who secretly tapes their self-described best friend is by definition dishonest. Which may be true, but they also, by definition, have tapes to back up what they say. Next was Michael Cohen's Disloyal, a memoir, which included a lot of unsurprising stories about Trump, and one which I have to admit I wasn't expecting, about pre-election Trump hiring an Obama lookalike so that he could roast him and then fire him on video like a mini-apprentice episode. Trump wanted to have the video shown at the 2012 RNC, but it didn't meet their high standards. I've seen the video, and oh my fucking God, it's amazing. I'll link it in the show notes. Finally, in the last couple of days, early pages from Bob Woodward's upcoming book Rage have been released, along with audio from some of the 18 interviews Trump gave Woodward for the book. The one getting the most press is the one from March 19th, where Trump not only admits that he knows how deadly the coronavirus is, but that he's deliberately playing it down to the American people. You know, like you would if you just didn't care how many people died. Trump claimed he didn't want people to panic, because if there's one thing Trump avoids, it's fear-mongering. Yep. Yeah, I, I worry about whether Woodward's going to suffer a backlash as well when you think... So he had these tapes in real time. Yeah, people are already saying, why didn't he come forward earlier? Yeah. And, and some people are replying to that by saying the last interviews were two months ago and yeah. had he come forward in March, he wouldn't have got any more yeah. information we don't know what you know the book hasn't been released yet we don't know what more revelations there may be so maybe the stuff that is in later interviews will will kind of make yeah. up for the fact that we didn't know i mean it's, we knew we, yeah. the thing is we knew in march that he knew how bad it was because all the yeah. scientists were telling him how bad it was and we knew he was lying about it so again this is just proof of stuff we already knew but it's good to have proof yeah Actually, I'm quite looking forward to reading the book in a perverse way. Uh-huh. Having read Fear, you know, it's the follow-up, isn't it? It's the it's the rest yeah. of the thing, bit, yeah. In the midst of Trump downplaying COVID so as not to panic anyone into keeping themselves and their loved ones safe from dying, it turns out the Department of Homeland Security Secretary Chad Wolf instructed officials to modify intelligence assessments to suit Trump's agenda and downplay Russia's involvement in the US and the threat posed by white supremacists. Which leads me to the horrifying thought that when Trump says I knew nothing about this and find people on both sides on both sides, he might have actually been telling the truth and Horrifying thought number two, he may well have read the intelligence briefings after all. Nah. Nah, nah. (laughs) 
as Trump appointed heads of the Ministry of Truth, Wolf and senior official performing the duties of the Deputy Secretary, Ken Cuccinelli, were also told to alter intelligence assessments to fit the Trump playbook about Antifa and leftists and the caravans of terrorists massing at the southern border. DHS whistleblower Brian Murphy, who unfortunately for Brits is the name of the actor who played an emasculated henpecked husband in 70s TV sitcom George and Mildred, says he refused to modify intelligence assessments so that they more closely aligned with Trump's rhetoric about Antifa and other groups, telling Wolf and Cuccinelli that he would only report accurate information as collected by the DHS. Murphy was promptly reassigned. Adam Schiff, no less, chairman of the House Intelligence Committee and a Republican, don't forget, said Murphy's allocations outline grave and disturbing acts and this puts our nation and its security at risk, which either means more Republicans getting ready to jump away from the bus as Trump gets shoved under it or Murphy will become one of the disappeared. A bit like poor old George behind the formidable bouffant hair of Mildred. And for American listeners, George and Mildred was the British version of the Ropers. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yes, of course it was. Normally, if I heard a Republican politician say he thought it should be legal to give guns to children without their parents' permission, I'd assume he'd been tricked into saying it by Sasha Baron Cohen. But no, that's actually what Governor of Missouri Mike Parson was going for when he urged Missouri lawmakers to pass a new bill last month. And the Missouri legislature is controlled by Republicans. So they actually fucking passed it. Before we get to Mark's Britpoll roundup, I just want to say that when we started this podcast, I thought things we really didn't have time to talk about was just a cute way to say we wouldn't spend too long on these stories. But these last two weeks have been fucking insane. And even though I crammed four different books into my previous headline slot, we still haven't had time to talk about the fact that the DOJ are trying to take over Trump's defence in his defamation case against a woman who claims he raped her. The fact that various members of the Trump family have defended a 17-year-old kid who killed two people with an AR-15. The fact that over 100 Austrians have received stimulus checks from Trump in Austria because the administration is just that incompetent. The fact that a far-right Norwegian politician has nominated Trump for the Nobel Peace Prize or the fact that Trump has added Ted Cruz and race-baiting Senator Tom Cotton to his list of potential Supreme Court justices in case he gets re-elected. Request your mail-in ballot now. Now. Do it now. Do it now. In the Democratic People's Free Republic of Britain this week... Extinction Rebellion blockaded key newspaper distribution centres, not far from my house actually, which meant the opinions of a couple of right-wing supporting billionaires were delayed from hitting the soggy minds of manipulated right-wing voting proles for a couple of hours. Speaking of which, Home Secretary Preeti Patel called for Extinction Rebellion to be classified as a criminal organisation who threatened the UK way of life, i.e. doffing caps to the opinions of offshore billionaires on the same day that the Council of Europe issued a media freedom alert against her own government after it blacklisted a group of investigative journalists and denied them access to information in retaliation for its previous critical reporting and editorial stance on the UK armed forces. Boris has added it to the one awarded in May for banning open democracy from asking questions at the coronavirus briefings. Not content with that, Boris is in the process of tearing up the EU withdrawal agreement, thus breaking international law, 
well, in his defence, yes, really, only those specific bits of it pertaining to the Northern Ireland slash Irish and thus EU border. The same agreement that he himself had rewritten, having resigned over that very bit in Theresa May's agreement and got elected on the back of. As Matt Hancock would doubtless say, it was all done at speed. So you'll have to bear with us, slash, forgive us everything, slash, who cares, we have an 80-seat majority, slash, you voted us in, you fools. Speaking of whom, Matt Hancock was wheeled out to defend the appointment of Australian ex-Prime Minister and notable misogynist homophobe Tony Abbott as EU trade envoy on the basis that he's also an expert on trade. Far be it from me to resort to the reductio ad Hitlerum fallacy, but that's like saying Hitler also painted some nice pictures. Still, as Matt Hancock would doubtless say, it was all done at speed, so you'll have to be with us, forgive us everything, who cares, we have an 80-seat majority, you voters us in, your fools. Slide the revolver across the desk, Jim, I'll do the decent thing. My favourite headline about the uh, ripping up the Northern Ireland Protocol was yep. Britannia waves the rules. Nice. Phenomenal. Nice. So that's all the bad arguments and faulty reasoning we have time for this episode. You can find the show notes at fallaciousTrump.com and if you hear Trump say something stupid and want to ask if it's a fallacy, our contact details are on the contact page. If you think we've used the fallacy ourselves, let us know. And if you've had a good time, give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can support the show at patreon.com slash ftrump. Just like our newest patrons, Bill Black and Shad Malloy, our straw man level patrons, Mark Reich and Amber R. Buchanan, and our true Scotsman level top patron, Lauren. You can connect with those awesome people as well as us and other listeners in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash fallacious trump. All music is by the outbursts and was used with permission. So until next time on Fallacious Trump, we'll leave the last word to the Donald. That's right, go home to mommy. Bye.